0: We are in the middle of a series which is called Beyond that we started last week, where we wanted to just pause and take a few weeks to talk about some of the things that are happening beyond uh, our church here at Brooklyn Park. And so, if you were with us last week, you might remember that we talked about something local. We spent some time uh, with Kelly Beams, who was from Schools Ministry Group, talking about what's happening uh, with pastoral care workers, chaplains in our local schools, and uh, Gail George, who shared about the school seminars that uh, we have the privilege of being able to partner with. It's very much what the purpose of this series is, is to be able to recognise that we have all of these amazing partnerships and all of these amazing opportunities to be able to have a significant influence beyond just what we do when we're together. Today we're going to talk about something national. We're going to talk about National Reconciliation Week and what that looks like. Uh, and then next week we've got Val Zuna from Global Mission Partners who's going to come and share. And uh, it's one of my highlights of the year every year when she comes along. And uh, this is the last time that Val is going to come and share with us because uh, some of you may not be aware Val's retiring at the end of this year. And uh, so make sure you come along next week so you can hear her. And she's going to be sharing some great updates about our partnerships globally and some of the things that we get the privilege of being Able to be a part of, so it's going to be great to wrap up our series by focusing on that. But today, as I said, we're going to talk about uh, a national issue and we're going to talk about National Reconciliation Week, which is something that's coming up this week. And uh, so, if you aren't aware of National Reconciliation Week, it's an opportunity for all of us to just pause and to take some time to learn and to listen to some stories, and to be able to discover a little bit more about our shared history as Australians, uh, from people who come from all sorts of different backgrounds together, and to explore what it means for each of us to contribute towards reconciliation in our country, so that we can live the way that we all want to, uh, together and one. And so the dates of uh, National Reconciliation Week are the same every year. They're on from May the 27th, through to June the 3rd, every single year. And the reason for that is because those two dates are very, very significant markers in the journey of reconciliation with Indigenous people uh, in Australia. So May 27th is the anniversary of the 1967 referendum, where for the first time, the government was given the opportunity to be able to start making laws specifically for Indigenous people But even more importantly and powerfully than that, uh, it was also the date where there was a referendum about saying, should Indigenous people be counted in the census? And that's something that every time I say it, I'm absolutely staggered with, because that's only just before I was born, a little bit before I was born. But many of you probably participated in that referendum. And it's staggering to think that within a generation, we didn't count Indigenous people as people. As Australians. That that should be enough to kind of make us pause and just say, huh, there's something about our history that we need to spend some time exploring and unpacking. And so May 27th is the anniversary of that date to be able to say, no, we made a decision then to say Indigenous people are people and Indigenous people are a part of Australia and we're going to count them as such. is then the anniversary uh, of the Mabo decision, which was a landmark uh, legal decision to say that the concept of terra nullius, which means empty land, uh, was something that was false. And this idea that when the first fleet arrived, they came to a country that was completely empty... Uh, is not accurate at all. And in fact, there have been people who've been living here for tens of thousands of years and the Mabo decision uh, overturned that concept that this was an empty land that people could just kind of waltz in and do whatever they wanted to. So those are two very significant markers in our journey of reconciliation as a country. And so Reconciliation Week gives us the opportunity to be able to, as I said, slow down and to pause and to do a bit more learning and a bit more understanding and to hear some stories but also to think about what it looks like for us to be people who can work towards reconciliation. And so the theme this year is Be Brave, Make Change. And so that's a challenge to all of us, for individuals, for families, for households, for organisations, for churches, uh, at every level of government, to be able to say, what does it look like for us to continue to be courageous and to be brave and continue to take the steps that are necessary for us uh, to explore what a fuller vision?" of reconciliation looks like for the benefit of all Australians. And so uh, my hope is that as we head into this week that we'll take some time to do that. It will be something that is uh, in the media quite a bit this week and uh, there are some resources which we're going to talk about at the end that are on your teaching notes, uh, which if you have some time this week you might like to explore. But as a part of Reconciliation Week, one of the things that we do a few times each year is what's called an Acknowledgement of Country. And so many of you would be aware of an acknowledgement of country or a welcome to country. You would have seen this happen. Uh, It's something that's becoming more and more a part of the fabric of our culture. And the reason why it's important is because uh, the word country, when we think about the word country, so when you think about the word country, you probably either think of a nation, so the country of Australia, for example, or we think about a region, so going on a holiday in the country. So we head out into a rural area. But the word country for Indigenous people is a much, much more powerful and significant word. Yes, it's about a geographical area, but it's not just about kind of that area. It's also about all of the stories that are tied to that area. It's about all of the significant places that are a part of that area. And it's about all of the values that come out of that area and the resources that are a part of that area as well. So whenever that word country is used in the context of an Indigenous person, they're talking about these deep roots that they have to an area in Australia where there are these values, these stories, these resources, uh, and these significant places. And so even if they're not official title holders, Indigenous people still have a very huge connection to the country of their ancestors. Those roots run very, very deep. And they consider themselves to be custodians or caretakers of that country, not in terms of just the geographical land, as I said, but custodians and caretakers of all of those stories, of all of those values, and of all of those resources. And so when we gather, it's helpful for us to remind ourselves at different times that this area where we gather is the traditional lands of the Ghana people. And that the Ghana people celebrate all of the stories, the resources, the significant places uh, that are a part of this area that we love so much, the western suburbs of Adelaide. It's good for us to recognise that this has been Ghana country for thousands and thousands and thousands of years, long before any of our ancestors came along. And so today, as a part of heading into Reconciliation Week, we want to acknowledge that and to recognise that we do meet on Kaurna land and to recognise the traditional owners and custodians of this land... And the reason why we talk about, you've probably heard people talking about recognising the elders, the past, present and emerging elders, the reason we do that is because they are the ones who are the significant custodians of all of those stories and of what country looks like. And so we want to recognise and affirm the elders of the Kaurna people who hold on to all of those country elements. In a lot of ways, it's a very simple thing for us to do, to be able to just acknowledge that truth as something that is a part of this land where we meet. But it is something that's very meaningful and very powerful, particularly as we head into times like National Reconciliation Week. So today, as we talk about reconciliation, I wanted to uh, spend a bit of time looking at what Scripture talks about in terms of what reconciliation looks like and how we can carry that into Reconciliation Week, because we believe that reconciliation is something uh, that God is very passionate about, not just in terms of what we talk about with indigenous reconciliation, but reconciliation in general. So to look at that, we're going to look at a passage that is very familiar to a lot of us. It's a passage that we have actually looked at over the last year or so, uh, but it's one of the most helpful passages that talks about reconciliation. So if you have your Bible, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 is where we're going to spend a few minutes today. So I'm reading from the Message Translation. And Paul writes to the church in Corinth and says, Now we look inside... And what we see is that anyone united with the Messiah gets a fresh start, is created new. The old life is gone, a new life burgeons. Look at it. All of this comes from the God who settled the relationship between us and him and then called us to settle our relationships with each other. God put the world square with himself through the Messiah, giving the world a fresh start by offering forgiveness of sins. Part of why I love this passage is because of the recognition that all of those things that Paul writes about are past tense. These are all things that have happened. These are not things that we're waiting for in the hope that when we pass from this life to the next, then we'll get to experience them. They're not things that if we work hard enough or somehow manage to sacrifice enough, then God will give them to us. Paul says all of these things are true. All of these things have happened and have been given to us. So the old life is gone. The old way of life and the old way of needing to function is finished and done with. And we now have the opportunity to begin a new life the way that God always wanted it to be. God has settled the relationship between us and him. We have been turned from enemies into friends. That's not something we have to work at in the hopes that God might accept us. It's done. It's finished because of Jesus. God put the world square with himself. He settled the debt. we've talked about that a little bit, particularly around Easter this year. It's paid in full. It's done. It's finished. There's no more that needs to be sorted out with that. And so all of those things are very helpful pictures of what reconciliation looks like. Settling relationships, putting the world square, settling the debt, turning enemies into friends. All of those are really helpful pictures for us to understand what genuine reconciliation looks like. And so it's great for us to remind ourselves God's done all of that for us through Jesus. That is finished and given to us as a gift. So the question is, what does God hope that we will do with this reconciliation that he's given to us? Paul continues in the rest of verse 18 and he says, God's given us the task of telling everyone what he's doing. We're Christ's representatives. God uses us to persuade men and women to drop their differences and enter into God's work of making things right between them. We're speaking for Christ himself now. Become friends with God. He's already a friend with you. In some ways, this is a little bit challenging because there's a recognition here that every single one of us have been given a mission by God. Every single one of us have been called into active service as agents of reconciliation. All of us. That's the role that God has given to us. And this I find very challenging, particularly in the light of an election that we've just had. We have all been effectively elected as representatives of Jesus. And think about what the implications of that are, that we are, as we go about our daily lives, the ones who Jesus has chosen to be his representatives in all of the different spaces that we go, in all of the different places that we spend time this week, with all the different groups of people that we spend time with, we are Jesus' representatives. We are ambassadors. We are agents of reconciliation. And Paul explains that really helpfully, particularly I love the message translation, of what it means for us to be Jesus's representatives. That we are the people who get the privilege of being able to tell people the amazing truth of what Jesus has done, that we are reconciled to God and specifically to be able to say, drop your differences. Don't spend time at each other. Drop your differences. If God's cleared the decks, why would we then want to put other things back on them? Drop your differences and enter into God's work of making things right between us. That's God's heart and God's passion for us is that we, if we embrace reconciliation, that has impacts in terms of how we interact with the people around us. This is why Paul can say a few verses earlier in verse 16, because of this decision, we don't evaluate people by what they have or how they look. We looked at the Messiah that way and got it all wrong, as you know. Once we certainly don't look at him that way anymore. Paul says, we don't judge people by human standards, is what other translations end up saying. Instead, we see people the way that Jesus sees them. And so that's a really big challenge for us as we think about what it looks like to live as agents of reconciliation, as Jesus' representatives. How do we see other people? I think the image of putting some glasses on is very helpful. Do we look at them through the eyes of what we have indifferent with each other, or do we look at people through the eyes and the glasses of Jesus? Another way of saying that is do we, when we look at other people, see them as other or do we see them as family? So think about this practically. Through this last week, as you've spent time interacting with people, particularly people that you don't know, so maybe you've been in the line at the shops, maybe you met someone new, uh, maybe you were in line voting at the election yesterday, as you've interacted with people through this week, What's the internal soundtrack that goes through your mind when you meet someone for the first time? Do you start with, huh, that person's different to me, that person's other than me? And that could be for all sorts of different reasons. But then our soundtrack starts to spin a little bit and say, oh, I bet they're like this, or I bet they think this way, or that's why they're doing that thing, because they're different and they're other. Is that where our soundtrack starts? Well, does our soundtrack start with putting on our Jesus glasses and saying that person is loved by God? That person is accepted by God. Jesus has done everything necessary for that person to live in a reconciled, full, complete relationship with God. Jesus has paid the debt and cleared the decks for that person. That is someone who has the opportunity to live in a fresh start, new life relationship with God. What's the default soundtrack that we have that goes through our mind when we interact with someone? Because any time we interact with someone and see them as other, we're missing the staggering truth of what Jesus has done and the heart of what reconciliation is all about. And so whether that is Indigenous people, as we're heading to Reconciliation Week, whether that's people who are from other cultures, whether that's people who dif- uh, dress differently to how we do, whether that's differences in how we perceive men and women, whether that's differences in how we perceive generational differences, people who are older than us or people who are younger than us, whether that's how we perceive people who are from a different socioeconomic group than us, people who have more than us or people who have less than us, whether it's people who just have different habits or practices. Any time that we look at anyone and say they're different... Their other, we've missed the opportunity to put our Jesus glasses on and to be able to see them the way that He wants us to be able to see them. This is the remarkable truth of what reconciliation is all about: is that God has settled the debt between us. It's finished, it's done, it's complete. God has turned us from enemies to friends. And because of that, God's given us the privilege and the responsibility. Of being agents of reconciliation, encouraging people to drop their differences, which starts with us. Are we encouraging ourselves to drop our differences with others and enter into the work that God's doing of making people right with each other? So I want to give us an opportunity to reflect on what that looks like as we head into this week with a very simple question Am I willing to accept my mission as an agent of reconciliation? To imagine that in your letterbox or in your email, you get this special note that's like top secret and says, you have been chosen to be a special agent as you head into this week. Are you willing to embrace the mission that's been given to you? And there's three parts to that. The first is to say, are we willing to recognise what Jesus has done for us? Are we willing to recognise the way that God sees us? The reality that we are fully reconciled, forgiven, embraced, loved in a whole and complete relationship. Because for some of us, being an agent of reconciliation starts with us recognizing that that's true for me. That's actually true. For some of us, it might be about whether we're willing to embrace this reality that we've been given the mission of sharing this amazing news with other people. That it's not just something that we find out and keep to ourselves, we've been given the privilege to be able to be Jesus' representatives, to encourage other people, become friends with God. He's already a friend with you. And as a part of that, the challenge is which glasses we use to look at people and whether we're willing to go into those conversations because we see them as other or see them the way that Jesus does. So I want to give you a couple of minutes to be able to reflect on that. You can feel free to chat to the person next to you, but what's something that jumps out for you as we head into this week What's one thing that you can think about as we go into National Reconciliation Week about what it looks like for you to live as an agent of reconciliation? And we'll come back, wrap up with a couple of things and uh, transfer across to communion. So before we pray, uh, I want to just r- uh, remind you that, as I said, on your teaching notes there are a bunch of resources that you might want to explore as we do head into Reconciliation Week. And uh, so there are some websites that you could have a look at. Uh, there are some books that you could go to the library and borrow. Uh, and there are also some movies and some series and some documentaries that are available. And all of those are available on uh, free streaming platforms, so you can access those through your computer, uh, or if you've got a smart TV, you can access them through that. Um, but it is one of the things. That I would encourage us to lean into this week to say, is there one thing that I can do to just spend a little bit more time learning and hearing some stories uh, as we head into Reconciliation Week together? I want to finish today with a prayer that's written by uh, a young emerging Indigenous leader uh, whose name is Talia Smith. And so I'm going to pray and then we'll transition across to communion. Let's pray. Creator God, first and foremost, we acknowledge and declare your sovereignty. We come before you with thanks and praise for who you are. Steadfast, mighty to save, true, merciful, and above all, you are love. Jesus, you are our focus and the centre of everything we do. Thank you for being our greatest example of what reconciliation as love in action looks like through the finished work of the cross. Justice is part of your very nature And so we reconcile ourselves with you first so that we can reconcile with others. We put our trust in you afresh and in all ways acknowledge you for who you are. Holy Spirit, we call upon you as we continue our journey of being led by our Aboriginal Christian leaders. We're pursuing friendship and reconciliation in our lifetime. Comfort us in times of hardship and heartache. When conversations with loved ones around reconciliation become difficult, speak to us and remind us you're with us and that you are love. Cover us and counsel us when decisions seem overwhelming, when when we're unsure of the next step to take. Make your presence known to us as your children, as the Prince of Peace. Continue to guide us as the Good Shepherd as we continue to seek your face and not just your hand. When the things of earth are unjust, we exalt you, Lord, and ask for heaven and earth to collide. May justice roll down and the High King of heaven have his way among us. We acknowledge our incessant need for a saviour, and so we come to you, Jesus. We know that you are in the business of reconciliation, true and whole reconciliation, mind, body, and spirit. For yours is the kingdom, the power, the And in advance, we give you all the glory. We love you and pray this in your name. Amen.